This podcast is an examination of the historical research of William Branham and his message cult following. William Branham was a minister in the gambling town of Jeffersonville, Indiana, just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky, as early as 1933. He came in contact with the Reverend Roy E. Davis, an official spokesperson for the 1915 Ku Klux Klan, and later Imperial Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Davis introduced Branham to the Pentecostal faith and the art of faith healing, which would later be introduced into Branham's stage persona as he took his place among the evangelists in the post-World War II healing revival. Branham is credited by some as being a catalyst for the Latter Rain Movement and Jim Jones of People's Temple. This podcast is not sympathetic to the views of the Ku Klux Klan that William Branham held, but it is disturbing and warrants research. This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website william-branham.org. Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message. Gnostic text deemed as heresy long ago, contain many stories that do not align with the scripture. They contain interesting mysteries that catch the attention of the weaker-minded, but they do not always contain the truth. Instead, they contain fiction. This fiction, unfortunately, is mistaken for truth in the Branham cult churches. In the level of magnitude, the greatest story in the history of the ancient world is also the story that is the most tainted by Gnostic text. And as a former Branham cult follower, I remember all too well the fictional story of fear that gripped the hearts of the poor and innocent and oppressed followers. That story is the story of Noah and the Flood. You see, the Gnostic book of Enoch is filled with worship of angels. It's filled with elemental spirits, sun, moon, and stars, and zodiac, a perfect example of what William Branham would call the first Bible, and he did. It is the book of heresy that can lead hearts astray by mistaking the fiction for the truth. Most translations of the Book of Enoch also contain fragments of the Book of Noah, which is both Gnostic and heresy. In the Book of Enoch, Noah conversed with Enoch. And according to this fictional story, Enoch lived to be 500 years old. And Enoch is the one that warned Noah of the coming flood. It reads, and in those days Noah saw the earth, that it had sunk down, and its destruction was nigh. And he arose from thence, and went to the ends of the earth, and cried aloud to his grandfather Enoch. And Noah said three times with an embittered voice, Hear me, hear me, hear me. And I said unto him, This is the book of Enoch, I is Enoch, I said unto him, Tell me what it is, what 
it is that is falling out of the earth, that the earth is such an evil plight and shaken, lest perchance I shall perish with it. You see, the book of Enoch is also a book of fear. The destruction of the world is magnified in the story, while God's faithfulness to Noah is lessened. The angels are given power to become gods among us. They're all referred to by name and associated with both astrology and elemental spirits. And they're captivating in their power and awe. As a fictional sci-fi novel, it would be very captivating, but as a religious work, it is heresy. Many fire and brimstone false teachers, they combine verses to invent new scriptures. They even add elements to the story that spell impending doom. And these are nothing more than fear tactics. One of the worst additions to the story of Noah and the Flood by William Branham, I consider blasphemous. Branham altered God's covenant with Noah. In his fire and brimstone theology, he decided to add the destruction of the entire earth into the covenant that God made with Noah. William Branham said this, I thought, O oh God, look ye there at the great eye of Jehovah sitting yonder looking across the mountain there with his rainbow, his covenant. He will no more destroy it with water but fire next time. You see, William Branham taught straight out of these Gnostic texts, teaching that Enoch lived to be 500 years old, and that he walked with Noah, and that other Christians, those who believe in Jesus Christ, but not William Branham's Gnostic theology, need to be fearful of the impending doom. After the flood subsided, and Noah once again set his feet on the ground, the first thing that Noah did was worship God and give thanks to him for his undying love and his mercy. Noah built an altar, and he prepared a sacrifice from the clean animals that were with him on the ark. The Bible says this aroma pleased God, and God decided that he would never again do this to mankind. The Bible says that in his heart, God said this, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. And then he says these words, Neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, Summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease. Let me read that part again. Neither will I ever strike down every living creature as I have done. This thought in the heart of God is entirely different than what the false teachers would have us to believe. You see, they routinely teach that the ground is cursed. And that this is Satan's Eden. They teach that the world will be cursed by fire and that God told Noah 
that he would destroy the world next time with fire instead of water. But you see, God said that he would never again curse the ground and never again strike down every living creature as he did in the days of Noah. Jesus used this flood as, as an example when describing the coming day of the Lord. He said, But concerning the day and hour that no one knows, that's not 1977, not even the angels of heaven nor the Son, but the Father only. For as it were in the days of Noah, so will it be at the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark, and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field, one taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, the one taken and the other left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and not let his house be broken into. Therefore, you must also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. But the words of Jesus Christ were not good enough for William Branham, nor were the intentions of the writer of the Bible canon that we accept in the, as the inspired word of God, nor was it good enough. Peter, he also referenced the flood. When he was speaking of God's faithfulness to Noah, and specifically to baptism, Peter said, When once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was preparing, wherein a few, that is, only eight souls, were saved by water, not destroyed, but saved, the like figure wherein, wherein to even baptism does now also save us, not putting away the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, Peter's reference speaks to the souls being saved by water, not destroyed. However, Jesus is speaking of something different. He's talking of the destruction of the wicked by that same water. The water that offered salvation to Noah also brought death to the wicked. And though these two scriptures are speaking of two polar opposite topics, one righteous and the other unrighteous, Branham decides to combine them into a brand new scripture. He claims that Jesus said something that was entirely different. Branham says this, Remember, he said, As it was in the days of Noah, wherein eight souls were saved, so also, so also shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Now on the surface, this may sound like Scripture, but it is ever so slightly twisted into a different meaning. When combined, these two scriptures sound like Jesus is saying that only eight souls will be saved at the second coming. 
And in the context that Branham uses this combination of the two polar opposite scriptures, he uses this new verse that he created as a fear tactic to lead the listener to believe that it will only be this little tiny group, which coincidentally he claims to be his own followers. When William Branham preached a sermon entitled, a greater, Sol a greater than Solomon is here. The sermon that sounds suspiciously like he is claiming that he, William Branham, is the one that's greater than Solomon. Branham uses this new verse that he invented to describe the condition of those that did not ascribe to his false teaching. He says, just when the revival is going and the Spirit of God is moving, God is moving with the people, then he gets that crop out. Weed it out. That's it. That's for that generation. Remember, he said, as it was in the days of Noah, wherein eight souls were saved, so also shall it be at the coming of Son of Man. See? Boo! Each generation will just produce so many. And that's the way you see it today. Boo! Everywhere. It's just a dying away, falling away. Sin is collapsing in everything. Boo! When Branham taught this, he missed the most important part of the story. What Branham missed is that the story of Noah and the flood is an example of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mankind was becoming worse and worse and worse, and sin was taking over. Good men and women were falling into sin each day. Noah had faith in God, and so God sent him the master plan to build a boat. Noah was made worthy by his faith in God, and that faith in God raised him up above the floodwaters. He was baptized in the flood and started a brand new life with his family in, in what seemed like a whole new world. And this is exactly the gospel of Jesus Christ as it applies to my own life. Living in a world of sin, worshiping in a cult that worshiped a man, and everyone around me was so consumed with the worship of this cult leader that they could no longer even see the discrepancies between his false teachings and the scripture. But I place my faith in Jesus Christ and he already had the master plan as Christians we should ask ourselves which Bible do we want to believe do we want to believe the one that Branham invented by combining scriptures and incorporating heretical text from Gnostic writings do we want to believe the one that Branham added to the covenants of God do we want to believe the one that Branham added to the covenants that God made with his children so that he could twist their meaning to his own agenda? Or do you want to believe the Bible that is the true inspired word of God? The one that was kept and protected through all the ages from generation to generation. The one that was kept even though it passed through families of scribes handwritten and passed from city to city. Do you want to believe the word that was in the beginning 
and was with God and was God? Or do you want to believe the new one that William Branham invented so he could sponsor a new hunting trip? I'll let you decide.